Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is adjusting to motherhood and daddyhood too. Becoming a parent is a monumental experience, physically, emotionally, logistically, and every other way. It can be full of contradictions, ambiguity, and a ton of uncertainty. I know from Family Time Moms that some of the new mom stuff, and even new mom stuff when you're not a first-time mom or when you're a dad, isn't getting talked about, and it's not getting talked about with all the honesty that it might. It's been a long time since we did a podcast on postpartum depression. That was episode number 73. I'm excited to have one very special guest at the square table to talk about maternal mental health and also daddy mental health. Welcome to Dr. Casey Charette, who is a clinical psychologist with training and expertise in maternal mental health and the coordinator for the Postpartum Support International for Broward and Palm Beach counties. You can find Dr. Charette at the Center for Treatment of Anxiety and Mood Disorders in Delray Beach and at her personal website, kccharette, that's C-H-A-R-E-T-T-E dot com. She is also on Facebook at Dr. D-R-K-C-Charette, C-H-A-R-E-T-T-E. So got all that taken care of. I can't wait to begin this conversation. I feel so strongly in creating soft Let me start that again. I feel so strongly in creating safe spaces and places, conversations and no judgment zones where parents can feel understood and nurtured, where they can take care of themselves, their babies, their families, and be a part of community. So I welcome Dr. Charette. How do we begin? Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I also wanted to say thank you for allowing me to be a few minutes late today. So (laughs) for those listening, in addition to being a psychologist, I'm also a mom myself. And drop off of two and drop off this morning was difficult. So I often tell patients that I get it on a professional level and I get it on a personal level. Yeah. So thank you. Well, it's wonderful. And I know that you have that perspective of meeting moms and people exactly where they are. So I'm going to have to ask you, what happened this morning, sort of generally, behaviorally, and then, because we know the behavior stuff is here, Mm -hmm. and then there's the what lies beneath. (laughs) So what was lying beneath 
for you? That's a great question. You know, one of the things that I try to talk to patients a lot about is that um, not to be so hard on yourself, right? So we were running late. There was chaos. There was missing water bottles. There was a whole slew of things. Um, And in the midst of that, you know, I could have started to feel really stressed out, really overwhelmed, but to just allow myself to be human. And I tell that to patients. So I try to also share that experience with patients that... um, no, nothing's perfect in parenthood, right? And all you had to do was send the text. <laughs> exactly. I'm on my way. I haven't forgotten. Exactly. It's so simple. Because maybe if we allow ourselves to be less than perfect, then the world can be very forgiving and very understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, hearing you say that makes me think of a topic that comes up so commonly in my practice, and that is this perception that everyone else is doing it perfect, whether that's from Instagram or Facebook, um, or even sometimes the experience at Mommy and Me's, right? Um, And that's generally not that's not that's not the reality behind the scenes so do you have an explanation for us of how that image of perfection because we know that everybody on social media is also pleading for a no judgment zone everybody is saying we don't want to be those judgy people (laughs) but we get judgy when we feel defensive that we're okay in the mess and part of the byline of this podcast is celebrating the messiness of Mm. life with kids because even if you had the illusion of control order Absolutely. And power. Yes. All of it gets blown out of the water with children because You're they are here right. to mess ours, to mess up everything. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and they're constantly evolving, right? So once you figure out one thing that works, it evolves within a matter of days or weeks, right? I finally figured out the how many times to feed the baby with the bottle, and then the next week the baby's on a totally different schedule. So I think that takes a lot of acceptance and understanding yeah. to not just when it comes to food schedules or um, sleep schedules, but really most parts of parenthood are evolving. So with, and, and, and Ellen Galinsky said that 25 years ago. She said, parent development will always chase child development. Interesting. And actually we just used that line in the podcast for last week because- Amazing. Because children keep growing and changing. That's what their job is. They're supposed to keep learning. So as soon as we figure out one stage, it's like, woohoo, follow me to new disequilibrium. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. But so, and so I know that from a developmental point of view, Mm -hmm. I know that from being around kids that, ha ha, you thought it was going to go this way. It's not. But as the psychologist, where did we miss that boat? Because life is uncertain, right? I mean, <laughs> absolutely true. Um, and I think that there's this desire to sort of control a lot of aspects of um, even even I think it begins before getting pregnant, right? It's a, a lot of times there's this expectation that pregnancy will happen on a certain schedule, and yeah. a pregnancy will go on a certain schedule, and deliveries and postpartum. And I think when those things don't go according to plan, it can be really difficult to stomach those changes. Um, yeah, I think that these are also topics that. I'm grateful for your podcast, but that aren't always talked about amongst women, women to women, women to men, men, what, you know, right. in every arrangement. And to be able to do it with someone who actually has the tools to, to guide, lead, and understand. Absolutely. So 
Before we get to postpartum anxiety and depression. And OCD. And OCD. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, my, my, my question for you is how, because I feel like when you say, when you talk about that, that things are not going that the right way from pregnancy to childbirth to the first months of babyhood, and then you've got the hormonal changes and all of that. What I feel when I talk to parents is the stakes are so high. Mm. So I might have um, certain vulnerabilities in sure. life in general, yeah. but we have a lot of skills of how to camouflage and maneuver. Absolutely. And, you know, again, a job, we know, okay, hit the points, do the to-do right. list. Right. Go, you know, I always think of that old movie um with Holly Hunter, like just sobbing at the end of every day in news, news something or other, but but, but so we ha- we can camouflage and hide it. Mm-hmm. In parenting, you can't hide it anymore, because you have a child or a baby that's, that's witnessing true. your your flossomeness. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, anyway, so go ahead, tell me about the stakes that parents feel that's a, with wanting sure. to be perfect, wanting to be the best. And that and that yeah. creates that big stress and tension. That's a that's a great question. Um, I think it's all about expectations. So I think the expectations are set that when often when somebody gives birth um, or the birth process that it is supposed to and I'm doing air quotes yeah. be this perfect magical picturesque. Um, everything is you know in order type of experience and that's often that's not often the reality um and i think it's when those expectations aren't matched that it creates a lot of feelings of um discomfort insecurity disappointment you know shame guilt all of those experiences shame and guilt here we go yeah and so you don't have your moms and your and an extended network of people maybe that are going to be able to guide you or you don't want to do it their way and so uh, you want to be as close you want to be your best Mm -hmm. but not just personal best you want to be perfect (laughs) and then you turn and and then your friends can't talk about it right because we live in a culture of um absolutely look like you have it together and then you go online and then you think, okay, somebody's going to tell me all the right answers right. to feeding, to raising right. a baby. Right. So one of the things that happens often when I am in therapy with a patient is they will ask me, did you experience this? Did you experience X? Did you experience Y? Did you experience Z? And what I generally say in response to that is what I hear you asking me is do other people experience what you're experiencing and that's the reality and the truth is yes so postpartum is more common than what most people would expect specifically postpartum depression and anxiety Um, I'm not going to bore our listeners with the stats and the facts because I don't think those are things that we hang on to but what I want if there's one takeaway it's that these experiences are common um, and that Everybody in every walk of life does experience these types of stressors, right? So it's not just one type of mom or one person or this or that. It's not just working moms. It's not just stay-at-home moms. It's moms in every category that experience this. Um, you know, a lot of even celebrities have, who have all the resources potentially in the world have come out really amazingly to share those types of experiences. All right, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. Okay. Um, 
you know, I have a saying where I say, like, when someone says, is my child doing something that's normal? It's uh-huh. like, the, the, the immediate answer is yes. Uh-huh. Whatever they are, we meet them exactly sure. where they are with acceptance and appreciation. Mm-hmm. And so the same becomes true for us as grown-ups. Right. Is, does anybody else experience what I'm experiencing? The answer is universally yes, right. because we're human beings. Absolutely. But so you look around that mommy and me classroom. Mm-hmm. you got 10 people in the room. <laughs> How many are struggling? That's a great question. So also, struggle is unique, right? Like, how are we defining struggle? So there is not, there, there's, a, there's a clinical or technical or, or diagnostic definition, but then there's also just the difficulties that any parent experiences. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I could define that so specifically. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to just throw one out there. I'm willing to say, after doing this for 30-some years, okay. that that. Maybe only a couple people aren't struggling okay. in some way. Probably true. And so maybe there's a you know there's just some people that are like okay today's good this month is good right. this six months is good you know life you know whether it's a new home a new role and routine yeah. a new baby a new yeah. what it's a new body absolutely all of these things. So it's it's the exception mm-hmm. or the minority I think that isn't some sort of struggle. But then right. it's like. How how much weight should I give my struggle? That's true. You know, am I? Yeah. So it's how and and how do I ask for help? That's a great question. So and one of the um, most fundamental pieces of advice I can or not we can call it advice or whatever, but um, is to establish an amazing team. So really research who you want as your OB provider or your midwife or. Decide if you want a doula or not. Find an amazing pediatrician that you can call at 2 in the morning and not feel uncomfortable or guilty. Um, Look into different mommy and me classes and ask friends about them. So that is the way, I think, to really surround yourself with resources. Okay, so I'm imagining some listener out there going, okay, so what makes the amazing team? I need to know like who's got the most likes on their on their <laughs> Google site, and I need to know yeah. this, and I need to know this, and I don't know that that's how I would direct them. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say to them, and I'll let you bounce off of this, is yeah. the only thing I would say is when you go out there, if that pediatrician, if that OBGYN, if that friend makes you feel mm. like what you're feeling and thinking and asking isn't okay right. and doesn't have the time that you need in this moment, mm-hmm. then maybe you have to change the team. And yeah. there might be an OBGYN that's like, or, or that says, okay, like I can't answer that question for you right now because I do have some boundaries and some other clients and blah, Absolutely. blah, blah. But then if that's the case, you need that backup friend Absolutely. that's always going to be there. So sure. it's how the team comes to your amazing. I love it. Uh-huh. The amazing team means not the best in each because they're not Correct. all going to be perfect. Right. But they're going to match you and they're pick be, up the right. pieces right. of who doesn't match all for of sure. your needs. And that's true even with if you're looking for a mental health provider, right, like a psychologist. So when I talk to patients on the phone, when they call and they sort of are feeling me out, Um, I actually think that's a really good thing, right? They're vetting me as a provider, and they should. That's okay. That's a good thing to do. You know, that's really valuable. So any other tips on your your amazing team? My amazing team. I'm going to quote that now forever. Okay. Um, 
Let me think about that. That's a good question. Who get? How do you get? How does somebody get bumped onto the team or off the team? <laughs> and when do you? When do you need to be cautious about evaluating what goes on your? Who goes on your team? That's a good question. Um, Again, I, one thing I like that you said is that don't strive for perfection, right? No provider is always going to be perfect, but look for providers. If you know that you maybe are going into a, 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 a being pregnant and you have anxiety, look for a provider who you can contact or reach out to um, to like to answer questions. They have to understand that piece of the puzzle. Correct. Yes, right. Yes. Um, you know, if you feel like you your mom lives far away and your siblings can't make it, look into having additional support surrounding your birth, maybe a midwife or maybe a doula. Um, if you think that you might struggle with depression after you give birth because you have your whole life, consider reaching out for a psychologist or a mental health provider early in the pregnancy. You don't have to wait. So these are some tips on surrounding. And knowing that if you've had vulnerabilities in the past, not to just go, oh no, everything's going to be perfect. I'll just put that under my pillow and not look at it for a long time. For sure. And then, again, those reasonable expectations. What I always say with children is, the only way you can be smarter than your child Mm. is... Not when you're in reactive mode in the moment, but when you honestly know, yep, my child's going to blow this perfect plan right out of the water. Be honest about yeah. being ourselves, mm-hmm. whether it's your child or yourself. Yeah. So so I have one more question about this, because uh-huh. okay. I know I could just stay in every question for hours. <laughs> the, the what other one that came to my mind in terms of like who goes on the plan, yeah. the, the amazing team is, so if you're that OCD parent mm-hmm. person, yes. then you want that you want that consultant professional that's going to stay on a schedule. <laughs> you want them to be reliable. You want them because you're going to. So, so it's really knowing yeah. and being honest with yourself yeah. about what kinds of things stress you out Correct. When people don't meet your needs. Correct. Absolutely true. And I think one last piece to this amazing team is that um, your pediatrician is such a critical part of that process, right? So um, I think we often talk about the front end, you know, getting pregnant, being pregnant, delivery, but then the pediatrician is such a huge asset. And I've found him working with women um, and men that having somebody you can call to ask questions about is another really important piece of the puzzle. The the one that's going to give you the cell phone (laughs) and is going to be reasonable about the... Right. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. So let's go right to postpartum anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression. Okay. Um, Signs, concerns. Yes. And how to, to, to know, how do we evaluate yeah. This enormous. I mean, I used to say to parents, "You just, you just flipped your life upside." You know that I want parents to to take a whole year to adjust to this mm. change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want you to live through the stages. I want you to be a little bit crazy with your spouse or your partner. Mm-hmm. I want you to be very kind. Yeah. To say I'm learning and growing in this process, and not to, and to be really patient. But there, there are. I don't want. To, I also don't want anybody yeah. to wait a year right. To, right. to say, "Yeah, this is normal." Sure. I'm supposed to be crying every day. <laughs> right. Help us know what's normal. What's yeah. What's what needs some help, extra help? That's a great question. So, um, 
there are having a baby is a huge transition right like you just said it just is there's no way around it so of course with any major transition there's going to be a transitional period that follows that is fact there's no way around that um and know a lot of people have heard the term like the baby blues um and that we would say is could be potentially part of that transition I hesitate to give specifics about when to call or when not to call because I think that it's valuable to just call and have a conversation with the mental health provider. So a lot of people get caught up on, is it the baby blues? Is it depression? What it- It's just support. Absolutely. Right. It's just a person to listen. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So call. 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 Really, just call. Don't hesitate. Talk to um, your OB provider. Call. Get a number. Get a referral for a therapist. Call. There's no harm that comes from just calling. That's right. That's right. There's no downside. Yeah. You know, and so many people hesitate and so many people wait. Uh, so they think that they're waiting to make a decision. Is this, quote, unquote, bad enough? Why? Don't wait. Don't okay, wait. and for family members and yeah. friends of, of 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 new mothers or mm-hmm. new dads, that um, how how can we all support? How do we all say? Um, how do we all understand yeah. that that the the stress is better? What a great question, and that's a really delicate dance, and that's because if a mom is feeling or a dad is feeling already not hundred percent great and a family member says I think that you are not doing well you need x that can add sometimes this feeling of oh Shame. No, exactly oh no this person thinks that of me why do they I'm think a failure exactly so it's a really difficult balance um to navigate and I think that um I don't know if I have a one-size-fits-all answer for that, mm-hmm. but generally, I think get you know getting information to the person is the most valuable thing. So saying something like, "Not sure if you need this, but here's the card for so and so," you know, call, or I've been through this. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's sure what, what I've learned over, the, especially the last five years. Whether it's postpartum, mm-hmm. whether it's infertility, yeah. whether it's surrogacy, Absolutely. whether it's all, whether it's adoption, whether mm-hmm. it's change. There's a lot of different ways that we function as families mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And everybody's feeling lots of people are feeling like my story isn't everybody else's story. Right. And 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 we can all connect to mm-hmm. one another's stories yeah. somewhere because we have that connection of feelings. Absolutely. So just to know that Help people yeah. express it first, you know, just let people feel safe sure. to be able to say, I'm For scared. Sure. And a lot of times I'm patients lost. Right, will view it as a negative, like, oh, no, I need help. That means I'm inadequate. And I actually tried to explain to them that... It is so admirable to reach out for support. What a gift to yourself and your child to recognize yeah. that something's not right and I want to be the best version of myself and I need help to do that. I can't think of 
a more admirable thing than that as a parent. Okay, I want to come back to the dads. Okay. uh, And them having an emotional response to parenting, because that's really big. Okay. Because I'm not sure all moms even appreciate it or Mm -hmm. understand it. Yeah. But but while you're on that, if you just want to say a few words, because I actually wrote something once that was 10 reasons why self-care is good for your child. Uh If you can't do it for yourself. Absolutely. Because you feel like maybe that's selfish, or maybe I don't have time to go talk to somebody an hour a week. Your child needs you. Talk about how your mental health absolutely affects your ability to raise a happy, thriving, emotionally capable child. There is so much growing research that is supporting that. And even putting those technicalities of research aside, um, you know, a baby is really connected to its parent. Um, That has been programmed in us for Forever, your emo- your baby is reading your emotions Absolutely. when you don't even read them. Totally. I mean, I always right. say, right brains read right brains. So before they even yes. have all this left brain development, yeah, your baby is reading your emotions even when you're in complete denial. Correct. Absolutely true. Absolutely. So true. you don't want to be mirroring that to your babies. Right. Exactly. You want them. Okay, but how do I say that without guilt? How do I well, say that without somebody point. feeling bad? Because I just great. feel bad that I said that. <laughs> um, so what I would suggest is, so a lot of times moms are saying, like, I don't want to be away from the baby and come in for the hour, or, um, you know, I shouldn't be spending the money on this, or, you know, I should be able to do it by myself because I have help. And um, what I often say is, let's not create barriers to you coming in, right? So just come in, bring the baby with yeah. you. If you can, if if you don't want to be away from the baby, bring the baby with you. And, you and that, how's that just for perfect life advice? Let's not create barriers. You know, yeah. just so when you feel yourself making barriers, because right. we all do. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, I also say, you know, if you had a headache for four weeks, you would do something about it. You would take Advil. You would go see a doctor. It's the same sort of thinking related to this topic. Just take the steps. Take the steps. Take the steps. Absolutely. How do we understand dad's emotional transition to parenthood better? Great question. Um, You know, there's a, there, they are having a huge adjustment as well. Huge adjustment. Um, you know, I think I, <laughs> she's laughing. I'm laughing. There's a smirk under there. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know something that comes up often in therapy, and I'm just going to be really honest. Is you know, but I just gave birth, or I just had the baby. This is a huge adjustment for everybody in the family. It really is. Um, and again, same thinking as a as as a woman. If a husband says I'm not feeling right or something's off, and he's reaching out for help or support, that is really wonderful. You know, I often include spouses in therapy sessions because they are an invaluable piece of the puzzle. And we do ignore them for uh, <laughs> sometimes for months when. Given an invitation to participate, they yeah. would they really want to be there. Absolutely. You know, I think that's a really great thing if a husband, a spouse, a partner um, wants to get better at being a dad. And what if not that, the, I mean, I do believe this generation of dads is rewriting mm-hmm. parenting. Mm-hmm. I believe this generation will know their children's lives and emotions from babyhood, toddlerhood, mm. preschoolhood in ways that past generations yeah. don't know their children yeah. and which will change the world for the better. Yeah. 
But, but maybe we still live in a culture where there's a double standard and lots of contradictions mm-hmm. and not all the dads can express that emotional need um, with the same way that women wish they could. That's, yeah. So how do we, how do we become more sensitive to, to just being tuned in? By having your spouse, your partner, your husband listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's just exposure. So in the fact that there's very, um, there's a lot of still stigma surrounding moms reaching out for help, there is that for men also, dads reaching out for help. So the more it's talked about, the more it's normalized, the more it's, you know, becomes okay, that is going to... Okay, so what's the same and what's different for the mom and dad transition to parenthood? Oh, man, we might need a few hours for that one. Um, We could do a whole separate podcast on it. Absolutely. But just some general ideas of this we share, this we're different. Right. Or even as individuals. Absolutely. One of the things for for moms um, is the physical experience that is happening in their body, right? There are so many physical changes that we cannot ignore that happen after birth. Um, Men might feel like because they didn't have a baby or they're not breastfeeding, that they're not necessarily entitled to that same difficulty of adjustment. Um, that doesn't mean that they're not watching their child or their, 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 their spouse struggle and that's really impacting them or that they're sleep deprived because they're doing a 2 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 9 a.m., you know, uh, right, feeding. <laughs> um, so, again, I, the differences can be vast or the differences between mom and dad can be somewhat similar. I think the biggest piece is the physical okay. piece. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go one step farther. Okay. Oh, we could just go further. <laughs> the, um, how do we, the phrase that I always hear that I, um, our family of origin stories, mm. you know, how, how we were, th- those parenting relationships yeah. that we were receiving as mm-hmm. children become part of our script going forward. Ooh. Interesting. Um, that is a really interesting question. You know, the I think going back to something we talked about at the beginning is that the script is evolving, right? Family dynamics are so changing. The quote-unquote nuclear family is such a different situation now. Um, there's so many different versions of family origin now. Yeah. Um, and that is true with postpartum. You know that yeah. is that's consistent with postpartum too. Yeah, it's I, I, the other thing just falls back yeah. in my mind. I have a sign in the classroom that's, yeah. that's mirror mirror on the wall. I am my mother after all. <laughs> no matter how much you say, you won't do it. And so all of a sudden, what if um, mom or dad mm. um, is choosing to a different role model? Or yeah. choosing the same role model, or their their role models are different, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's so much to talk about. Yeah. And again, the difference between a couple therapists versus yes. a, you know, the postpartum. It's, it's yes. But that's where that communication, I think, is so essential because sure. while we need that self care, we need that couple care too. Absolutely. Um, so that we we can support each other. For sure, that. for sure. I mean, and that is a. The, those are the two people that have such a you know a huge impact on and they're they're vested in this they're yes. vested in the outcome absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely um, the myths mm-hmm. what what if we if we're going to talk about expectations yeah. that parents begin this yes. with what are the ones that we should just 
throw out? So I would say hands down, one of the topics that comes up the most is what is the expiration date on postpartum anxiety, depression, OCD? And that is a difficulty. So someone will come in and say, but I'm six months postpartum. Is it, should I, why am, is this really still happening? Should I still feel this way? Is this even still postpartum? Or I'm, you know, a year postpartum. Is this really still happening? Why am I still feeling this way? I, that is a moving target, right? So I, do, I try not to get hung up on the exact time frame that postpartum is. Okay, and talk yeah. about OCD because we, haven't, we yeah. haven't said that yet. So postpartum OCD um, is... And again, I know everyone listening is probably Googling. I got this. it. I got I, it. I got I'm it. Googling Everybody's saying I got it, right? Um, but that's there's a you know there's been I think the most focused on it and the most we hear about is postpartum depression. But I I, I say postpartum anxiety and postpartum OCD because oftentimes if women only hear postpartum depression, they'll say, "But I'm not depressed, so I obviously don't fit into this category." And anxiety and OCD, um, again, call your provider, talk about it on the phone with a therapist, right. but. Um, is a, is more of a focus on feeling um, uh, for anxiety, you know, thoughts that you can't control, feeling like um, you are losing sleep because you are worrying. Yeah. OCD would be focused on um, really obsessive thoughts, really intrusive thoughts, compulsions related to that. So I, I, I haven't heard that phrase before. So okay. um, the two things that are coming to my yeah. mind that I'm curious about are when parents will say, well, that this overwhelming fear, mm-hmm. that thought that won't go away, that my baby's in danger mm. of something that could mm. happen. And then the second that I think of for OCD is just a normal getting stuckness yes. in a, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Yes. And, and I'm assuming it's not, um, I mean, how much is it the same as regular OCD? I can't get out the door. Is it yeah. that kind of stuck, or is it a different kind of repetitive thinking? I really don't know. Um, yes, <laughs> my answer is yes. There's it, it, there's there's similarities, and then there's also differences because oftentimes it'll be tied specifically to the baby, okay. um, and isn't as generalized to other topics. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> call your provider. Call your okay. provider. Thank yeah. you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, and and the last general question I want to ask before I yeah. wrap up is on the loneliness, mm. which goes hand in hand with this amazing team. Um, we yeah. all hear the cliches, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. And yet the crisis in our culture yeah. is loneliness like never before. Absolutely. Help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Um, that is well said. There is such a feeling of loneliness, and I think there's also going back to what we started with. There's this expectation that nobody else is lonely, or everybody else is connected, right? I'm the only mom who's not connected. Everyone else there is connected and has this tremendous support system. That that expectation can be really hurtful. I'm, I'm actually like covering my face here because <laughs> while I well, it's always my wish. Mm-hmm. To, to find that antidote to the loneliness. And I use the word connection and community yeah. all the time. But when you just say, I think, I believe everyone else is connected and mm-hmm. I'm not, mm-hmm. there was, I, that just, I just know that feels so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Because what's the difference between superficial connections mm-hmm. that I should think are enough? Yeah. I have I work. have this yeah. this this and this. I have friends. I have this. I have mm-hmm. that. 
but I'm still feeling something. Absolutely. That makes me feel a little bit lost in this role. Mm-hmm. Well, and scared by this overwhelming responsibility of being a parent. Absolutely. And so one way to think about that is that you have to kiss a lot of mom friends, right? You have to kiss a lot of frogs, have to kiss have a lot to of mom friends. Have to kiss a lot of mom friends. It is dating. Right. So that you, you know, the baby doesn't come into the world and then automatically you have these these connections and these relationships. Just like any friendship, it takes time and it takes hard work to develop that. I think there's a desire right away to have that, but that always, it just takes time. And you said it before we turned on the mic because it's something I've heard said so many times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my best friends in mommy and me. Mm. And somebody else just exchanged numbers yes. and I wasn't. Right part of that and I don't want to exchange a number and I don't want to or I do or I don't right how do I how do I manage all of this social maneuvering that this new baby world has thrust me in I'm either easy and outgoing or I'm a little (laughs) bit quiet and like how how what what are your top Three suggestions. What I would say is, what would you say to your child if your child came home from school and said, Mom, so-and-so are having a play date and I wasn't invited? Would you say, well, that's because, like, you're not good enough? Or would you say, that's okay. There's so many other kids to play with and you'll meet other kids and let's reach out to this person's mom. And would you start problem-solving probably other ways (laughs) for connection? last night, last last week's podcast, (laughs) they're going to say really bad things. Oh, no! The first thing that they're thinking is, I hate that kid. I hate that parent. I need to do something about it. They're not saying that out loud, but that's what's what's going on in their brain. And then the second thing, somebody said... What my mother used to say to me is, they don't like you because you're prettier than they are and you're oh better. Oh, my. Oh <laughs> so my. we know that yeah. we co- we are vulnerable For sure. with that social problem That's solving true. in this world. That's true. That's true. So let's pretend that we, to take the deep breath and, and, and so it's that yeah. breath first, calm first. Right. Get out of fight or flight brain. Absolutely. What I call it, I would say the word that I like to use is called pivot. You just have to pivot in your thinking, right? So you just have to say, that wasn't the connection for today. I'm going to pivot and focus on a different connection and a different relationship. And just because this one didn't work out doesn't mean that another one will. Yeah. You know. And in a world where social emotional skill building um, is is we don't have time to pause for it. We don't have time to pause for the pivot. We go right into reactive. We go right into... Yeah, Because our world is saying full speed ahead. Absolutely. Full speed ahead and pretend Mm -hmm. you got it together. Mm -hmm. So... I, I love this. I know you're coming back. Um, but our wrap-up is always the same on the podcast. Okay. And it's, how have you got this for right here, for right now? What do you know forever and true to mm-hmm. share with mothers and fathers making this transition to parenthood? Wow, that's a, that's a powerful question. Um, I think what I would leave our listeners with would be a my would be a quote that I think is incredibly powerful and that quote is um, and this could be applied to dad so you could change the word mom to dad but the very fact that you worry about being a good mom means that you already are one you are 
You already yeah. are. And I want to give credit to Jody Picoult, who is the who stated that quote, but that's a way to think about it. Rather than overwhelming yourself with inadequacy and shame and guilt and not good enough, think about the fact that the fact that you're worrying about these things means how much you care, you know, and it's just about changing that perspective. Did everybody just exhale? Thank you, Dr. Casey Charette. <laughs> and that is caseycharette.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at @FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.